I wonder if any of us can think of a time in the last 80 years when our leaders have been so relied upon to guide us through a crisis. Well, I can't. With so much resting on their shoulders, it's hardly surprising that stress is being felt by the leaders as well as everyone affected by their decisions. We have pleasure today in having Dr. Judith Mooring with us. Judith is a consultant psychiatrist. She specializes in anxiety and stress in the workplace. And usefully, she has had previous experience of working in a pandemic. Welcome, Judith. I would love to hear your experience of what actually has been happening out there and what's been the impact on the lockdown of people. And really, what should leaders be looking for in terms of warning signs that there's, there's stress out there amongst their people or, or even amongst themselves? So what surprises me is people will often say, well, I'm not stressed, so I, I don't feel stressed, so I'm fine. And that's even come across in talks that I've given when people have said, oh, but I'm fine, I'm, I'm not worried. And yet later on, they'll tell me they're not sleeping or they've lost weight suddenly, or they're eating more or they're drinking more. Or maybe they've got back pain or they're more irritable with their spouse. And it's not necessarily obvious stress. For some people, it might be waking at six in the morning with a panic attack. But for a lot of us, it's actually a less obvious stress symptom. So it could be anything, anywhere in the body, really. How does adrenaline, which drives many successful people, turn into stress or burnout? We know that a lot of very high, you know, high flying people go through life um, very adrenalized, very energetic, very much forward focused and driven. And that's important. But if we have too much drive, you can end up burning out. And in the current situation, if you add the ordinary day-to-day stresses of leading a big organization, you add to that the unpredictability and the loss of control that we're currently going through. And it's very easy to tip over into burnout. And it's very easy also to kind of think, well, I've got the strategy for the next six weeks and then maybe the next you know, three months, but what's beyond that? This is gonna be a marathon, not a sprint. And so we have to learn to pause and slow down and look after ourselves. Otherwise, we will all end up burning out and making poor decisions along the way. And of course, burnout of leaders wouldn't help anyone. So what, as a professional in psychiatric stress and neuroscience, do you think leaders should actually be doing about it? I guess the first thing to say is that it's really normal, very, very normal to be stressed in the current situation. It would be kind of weird if you weren't stressed because unfortunately the situation has every single um, button on the stress circuit pushed. So we know from the neuroscience of stress that anything that's new, that's unpredictable is going to make us really, really stressed. So a leader should naturally be expecting themselves to feel stressed and kind of welcome it really and go, well, at least it shows my stress response is working. We also know that threats to the ego are really bad for us. They make us feel foolish. And at the moment, nobody really knows what the new rules are. What does this new normal look like? So people are gonna feel a little uncomfortable and they might find themselves making snap decisions. So I think a leader can kind of check in with themselves and say, where am I on all this? And to get some kind of understanding. Many of the people we coach, of course, they're they're very high performing people and they, they are naturally resilient. In themselves and they've coped with you know all sorts of um, changes to the way the business is performing and dealing with other crises along the way 
maybe nothing like the size of this one. Um, but they, they probably think they're immune from this sort of stuff. It, w what would your reaction to that be? I think your question about immunity is really important because just as COVID doesn't discriminate, so stress doesn't discriminate. Mm -hmm. And actually what many people will describe to me is an experience of being chronically stressed for years, actually. Um, and I suppose the, the issue with the current situation is that if you're under chronic stress and then you add extra stress, it's quite easy to tip over into burnout. So it's about saying, okay, I recognize I'm probably always under quite a lot of stress and maybe some of my self-care isn't as good as it could be, but just now I really do need to bring that front and center. Otherwise I'm not gonna cope with all the challenges coming my way. Um, one of the things I've picked up over the last few weeks uh, from a lot of people is that they are sleeping more at present than they normally do. And they're really tired and they're like, why am I so tired? Have I got COVID? Am I ill? Mm -hmm. I say, no, it's not that you're tired, it's that you're chronically stressed and you're not commuting. And all of a sudden there's nothing to get you out of bed at 5.30 because you're not having to dash to Gatwick. So you're actually resting and people are kind of resting from their chronic stress states. Um, so I think leaders have to recognize that the new rules mean that they're gonna need to actually look after themselves better because the challenges that are coming our way are gonna be new and are gonna require us to really apply really good judgment and to be in a good psychological position to both make decisions and also lead our teams. And one of the challenges of making decisions amongst the leaders at the moment is they don't have the basis on which to make the decisions that they're normally used to. For example, we don't know at this stage when the lockdown is going to end. And for many leaders, this is, this is such a big unknown. They don't know, you know how long is it going to take for them to reopen their operations? Uh, how many of their people are they going to be able to get back in place? Um, what supply chain is going to exist to enable for them to actually start manufacturing things or retailing things? So it's, it's very, very high, highly complex, uncertain, but they have a huge responsibility for the well-being of their own employees and their their teams um, who are also likely to experiencing this stress. What do you think leaders can be doing? What what sort of things should they be putting in place that they might not have already to look after the well-being of their employees? I think you're absolutely right, Lloyd. That at the moment we're all under stress from you know, the senior leaders right down to people who've recently joined businesses, everybody's going through a period of stress and uncertainty. And I think obviously the onus is on leaders to create certainty even when they can't. What I've been saying to my clients is that we need to focus on controlling what we can control and delivering on the small wins, the small things we can control. So at home, that means having a, a sensible domestic routine for all of us. And in a business, that means modeling, very much modeling these kind of small routines, the good self-care, the not worrying about the things we can't control, but worrying about the things we can control. Cognitive flexibility, the ability to think flexibly and adapt is very important in being successful in stressful situations. One of the things that people have lost now is their commute and most people would say, well, this is fantastic. I have much more. Um, I have much more time in the day. I can get a lot more done. But losing the commute is is quite a big thing for for um, some people. 
who have said to me that that's the time they use to get themselves ready for the day and to wind down at the end of the day before they go home. Are there things that you'd recommend people do to replace that time with something else rather than just spending it all working? If you're home working, one of the risks is of working until midnight. And I've had lots of one-to-ones with clients recently saying, make sure when you, it gets to 6 or 7 p.m., tell people you're logging off, shut your laptop. If you need to put it in the kitchen drawer so you can't see it because you work in the kitchen, then do that. But make sure you log off and then have another little piece of routine where maybe you go for a run or a walk and that's your commute. And then when you come back into the house, you're coming back into your leisure time. So it's exactly these very small things that might not seem particularly big picture, but they create psychological safety, which is what we need when everything is very uncertain. Please make sure you don't turn your commute into several glasses of wine, because myself and all of my colleagues who work in mental health are very aware that a lot of people are turning to alcohol, very understandably just now, as a way of trying to turn down their stress, but actually they're gonna turn up their stress long-term. And I don't want to be faced with a whole load of people who need, you know, alcohol problems sorting out at the end of this. So try not to do that if possible. I have experienced myself how the first drink of the day can gradually become earlier and earlier. <laughs> and before you know it, it's 5.30 in the afternoon, you're reaching for your glass of wine. So 5.30 is not too bad. It's when you're pouring it on your cornflakes, you have to go. <laughs> <laughs> What's your take on realistic positivity and how a leader should model themselves in this crisis? There's a Japanese practice called Ikigai, um, and ikigai means noticing the small things, essentially. Instead of seeing life as one enormous kind of wonderful magnum opus, a big piece of important work, in this Japanese way of thinking, you actually see life as like a mosaic made of very many tiny pieces, each one of which is just as valuable as the big piece of work, but each one of which is more achievable. And so for a leader in a situation like this, I think making it clear that every single person in the company has an important and valuable role and their work is appreciated at a senior level and even perhaps making examples of that saying we know that people in the call centers have done some fantastic work that sort of work that kind of practical optimism and that appreciative culture really goes a very very long way in a crisis like this judith thank you uh, those were fantastic insights much appreciated thank you very much thank you lloyd